You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Now it feels like fall, doesn't it? Now it feels like fall. Last couple weekends have been sensational. A little bit chilly now, a little overcast, a little gray. But we roll on in the month of October where we now have three teams left in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Uh, I think if you're a Yankees fan, even if you don't know it, you got what the, the best result from the American League Championship Series. I, I That was the best. I, I understand that you sit here, you're like, I don't like Houston and Altuve and Correa and the smugness and the cheating and whatever you want to say. And I get that. I do. But you can't have the Red Sox win. You can't. And now... Let's be fair. This idea that the Dodgers were this juggernaut that could never be touched is fallacy. Now, whether it's injury, whether it's not as they're as great as we thought they were, whether the Braves are better, whatever the case may be, this could be the nightmare for the New York baseball fan. Because if Atlanta wins, now Scherzer was supposed to start today, arm fatigue, he's not going to go. So we don't even know what they're going to do. Maybe another bullpen day? I don't know what they're going to do. But it's not good for the Dodgers right now, right? They don't have Kershaw. Scherzer can't go. No Trevor Bauer. You, you look at what they've lost. But point being, there's a realistic um, possibility that it's going to be the Braves. And, in fact, I think most people would say it will be the Braves. Braves and Astros? So there will be a New York fan base that is beside themselves, right? Because the Yankees fans will be all in on the Braves. And the Mets fans will be all in. On the Astros. So there will be a, a faction of New York baseball fans that is miserable over this. But if you're a Yankees fan, that's what needed to have happen. I understand that you hear it now. And you're like, no, I don't, I don't like them, and I hate the Astros more. No, no. In the grand scheme of things, you don't want the Red Sox to win the World Series. And now the Red Sox can't win the World Series. Because in 20 years, and we'll get to the Knicks in a second, all right, 800-919-3776. In 20 years from now, you're going to look back and be like, Boy, I hated those Astros teams. They won three championships, two championships, whatever it happens to be at the end of this. And all right, you know, it was a rough patch. These are the Red Sox. I mean, these are the Red Sox that we're talking about. This is your nemesis, your arch rival for over 100 years. So the best case scenario, I'm, I'm telling you, for the Yankees fan, is that Houston won. And now you root for whoever comes out of the National League. And you're a Mets fan. You root for the Dodgers now in these next two. And if not, then you root for Houston. So that's where we are at the baseball. Um, I guess it's 5 o'clock tonight, the uh, game six, the Braves and the Dodgers from Atlanta. Uh, I thought the Dodgers were cooked the other night. They fell behind 2-0, Freddie Freeman home run. They fought back, Chris Taylor, three home runs. I mean, Pollock with a couple home runs. They just explode on the scene, and, and they win game five. So we'll see what they can do in game six tonight. Again, no Scherzer. We get kicked. What, what, it's eight, they moved it to 8 o'clock, Ty? So it was supposed to be 5, but I guess with, with no American League game now, they've moved it to 8 o'clock. It makes sense. Okay, all good. Um, the Knicks. I mean, what, what do you say? You watch the Knicks now, and you look at what the Knicks were last year? This is a far, I mean, a far superior team to what they were last year. And I know it's two games in, and they're not going to be as good defensively. Like, let, let's not lose sight of the fact that defensively, I think they'll take a step back. But offensively, uh, it's it's not close. This is, I mean, this team has offense all over the place. You know, Derrick Rose last year was your second option. He, he I, I know that Barrett should be your second best player, and maybe is. But Derrick Rose was your second option. So much so that we got to the playoffs, and it's like, well, we, we have to start starting Derrick Rose because we don't we don't have anybody else N- not anymore people I mean I know he's not a great defender Kemba Walker if Kemba Walker can give me 25 to 30 minutes a night that's all I need last night 21 minutes I don't need a ton he's a really good offensive player I don't love Evan Fournier but you can't deny the fact that he can score uh, he can absolutely can score. Randall is still Randall. Quickly can score. Toppin is better. Rose is still that guy. Burks can score. R.J. Barrett, who two games in, you probably say I'd like to see a little more other than that one barrage in the third quarter the other night. But 
Mitchell Robinson. Now, the only thing I'll say, and I've seen a lot of this like debated on Twitter, when, when you are up by 25 points, late stages of the game, why, why in the, why in the world are the starters out there? Really? Really? I mean, explain, explain to me why in the world the starters are out there when the game is over. Because Julius Randle doesn't play enough basketball. I need to have Julius Randle in the game in huge moments. No. Of course I want him in huge moments, but not when I'm winning by 20 points in the fourth quarter. Seems silly. And Mitchell Robinson, and that's the one thing with him. Injuries. At what point, and you hope it's not for a long time, if not ever, does Mitchell Robinson go down? He's in the game late stages last night. It wasn't even late stages, but in the game. Goes down, hamstring, so we'll, we'll see. But as far as a team, like, I, I don't remember. It, it's got to be the 54-win the team. It has to be the last time I was this excited. The, I mean, you love the coach. You love Randall. You love the way they play as a team. They can, I mean, they can score. This is not a, a they have to bring their 100% A game to compete against teams that are better than them now. This is, I think this is a good team. I think the Knicks are a really good basketball team. And I don't remember the last time I was able to say that. So I, 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 I'll be honest with you, and I don't think he's going to produce a lot, and I don't think we expect a lot. I, I forgot Kevin Knox was even on the team. Like, when you, you know, last year going into the season, you're like, well, hopefully we see a better version of Kevin Knox. Now this year it's like, well, oh, that's right, Kevin Knox. I expect nothing from him, and I'll probably get exactly what my expectation is. But this is no Nerlens Noel. No Todd Gibson. The depth of this team is different than it's been. This is, this is a good basketball team, people. So strap in. Because here's the thing. The, the East is better. I think, I think we all know that. Chicago is, is going to be better. And uh, the, the East is Charlotte is going to be a team that is certainly worth keeping a very close eye on. And we know what Philadelphia is. Uh, Milwaukee is going to be good. Washington, I mean, 2-0 start early. I don't know what they're going to be. Atlanta's going to be good, really good. Miami's probably going to be a better team. So the East will be better. And the Knicks' record may not be. Listen, they were, what, 41-31 and 31 last year? I think that's what they were. They may not get to that number again, where if you, if you figure it out, it's what? 48-34, and 34, something like that? 47-35? and 35. They might not be that team, but I think they will be a better team this year. And you know what they have to do? And, and this is my – this isn't even, like, up for debate. It has to be. They have to beat these garbage teams, right, from, from, from jump. And they did it last night. And how great is that? You know, when they go up against the Detroits of the world, they have to beat them up. When they go up against Cleveland, they have to beat them up. When they go up against Orlando, who stinks, by the way. Oh, my God. I don't even know what the over-under for, for Orlando is in Vegas, but, oh, Oh, that's that's a dreadful basketball team, huh? And Cole Anthony, ooh, Jalen Suggs, who maybe one day will be a good player, Wendell Carter, Mo Bamba, the Wagner brothers, oh, Robin Lopez, oh goodness, that is not a good team. But you know what? I don't care. They get him again on Sunday. There is no excuse to lose to that team almost ever. So if you just go beat the teams that you should and have your way with those teams and compete against the teams that are really good, the Atlantas, the Miamis, the Phillies, the Brooklyns, the Milwaukees. You know, listen, the Knicks are talented. They have, they have legitimate talent this year, guys. You, you have a you have a I know it's weird to say you have kind of a star player. Julius Randle is is kind of a star. Evan Fournier should be good for 15 to 20 points a game. Kemba Walker, any given night, if he has it, can be a really, really good player. R.J. Barrett should be a good player. Or Mitchell Robinson's a guy that, and you know what the nice thing is? Mitchell, your game is not predicated on scoring. I don't need you to go out there and score. What I need you to do is go out there and rebound, defend, block shots, and when you get the ball two feet from the basket, yes, lay it in the hoop and stay healthy. That's what I need. But roles are defined, and quickly, your goal is to score, and that's your job, and your job is to hit the three. And Toppin, and you see it already. Listen, Obi Toppin is not a great half-court offensive player, but what he is is insanely athletic, like insanely athletic, and he runs the court as well as I'd almost say anybody in the league. Like from, from basket to basket, there's not a lot better than Obi Toppin. So 
I, I my my one takeaway, and I saw that that um the Dibs was talking about it last night about you know when I don't play the guys enough you get you get on me when I play them too much you get on me. There, there was no reason last night. There there's no reason to be up twenty plus points in the fourth quarter and have your starters on the court. Now that being said, that's my that's the only negative I can sit here and give you. And I don't think it's a tremendous negative, but I'd like to see a better version of R.J. Barrett earlier in the games. But you go out there and you hit a million threes like they did last night? I mean, they, they, they hit, what, what did they hit, like 24 threes last night? That's insane. That, that, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a wild number, 24 threes? And they have guys that can shoot. Fournier can shoot and Walker can shoot and quickly can shoot. So, you know, this should be a really fun year. And then I flipped over to the Nets, and, and they get a win. They don't look great, though. I mean, listen, Durant is Durant, and we know what, what Harden is, but that's a work in progress. But to be a Knicks fan this morning, you wake up, how you can't feel like a million bucks is beyond me. So this is great. I mean, This is just a treat because you thought maybe that last year was a mirage and it would all come crashing down. Two games in, uh-uh, no. I'm, like I said, I'm as excited as I've been for the Knicks since they won 54 games. So there we have it. 1-800-919-3776. That was a phenomenal performance from the Knicks. You say, you played Orlando. Yes, but it was never in doubt, ever. From the end of the first quarter through the end of the game, that game was over. You know who does that? That's what good teams do. They destroy inferior competition. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Let's bring in fan of the LA Lakers, I believe. And it looks like it's all it's all functioning at a very high level out there in LA. And then as my producer, one Ty D. Butler. Good morning, Ty. Good morning, David. Uh, they've played eight quarters. Let's not go crazy about what's happening. No, you're happening. right. I'm, I'm just teasing you. But, I but I will say this. To be the Knicks fan, teasing the Lakers fan. That's cute. By I, the way. I, 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 will, I will say this. It could not be a worse eight quarters of, of basketball. Yeah, it's not great. It's not no. great. But I listen, um, to, to, to listen to sports radio Thursday and have all the people, you know, breaking down Knicks Celtics saying – you know, I would. That's a game you want to be at. I would have loved to have been at that game. I was there, Dave. Oh, you were. So, so we should use you as kind of our roving reporter. Now, how did you wind up finagling your way into the <laughs> it's garden? It's not finagling. It's how, I mean, a guy like you. I mean, did, let's be honest. When when you walked up to the door, and and you were like, "It's me." And they said, it's, it's, it's who? It's me. <laughs> no, they, and they said, Spike, is that you? are like, no, 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 it's me, Ty. <laughs> Did you have to drop my name to get in there? No, they knew who I was. I they walked knew. in, showed a little idea. We know who you are. We, we listen to you on, on Saturdays. You do an excellent job with Dave, you know, carrying the load with him right. uh, for three hours. Um, they knew who I was. Listen, I had a headache, for, I, I kid you not, for like 48 straight hours. That's how loud Prior it was. Prior to the game or post-game? No, post-game. Because of the... the, the it, it was that the loud. The decibels of the crowd. It, it was incredible. And then, honestly, it, I actually changed my tune. Like, I'm rooting for the Knicks to do well this season. I know I poke fun at them. It's just fun to do because the, now, the fan why, base is sensitive. Why are you having this sudden change of heart? Because you, you feel it's building, don't you? I just, no, it's, it's as, you know, I'm a diehard Hoops fan, you know, living in this city for 28 years. There is a different electricity when the garden is rocking the way that it was on Wednesday night. When the there Knicks, is, when the Knicks perform well, it's the first 2-0 start since 2012. You remember that year, the, the 54 wins. 54 season. wins, yeah. That's the that's Roy a, Hibbert block on Carmelo Anthony <laughs> Game year. six in India. That's a decade ago, man. Like It's been that long since we felt uh, last year was unexpected, right? You were just along for the ride. You come in this year, you, got, you, know, you add some pieces, you think – this is going to be a fun season, and so far it's off to a great start. I'm rooting for it because I, I just enjoy basketball so much, and to be in this city while it's happening, um, you, you just have to appreciate it. Now, you would agree, and you're a Lakers fan, and I'm sure you love the L.A. crowd, and you appreciate the greatness of the Nets and, and, and everything that the NBA has to offer. When the Knicks are good and when the Knicks are playing well at home, it is unmatched. It's unmatched. They, there is 
I, so, so I mean, tell people. I mean, I heard Mike Breen on the K show this week say <laughs> he has never heard a louder Madison Square Garden, which what, shocked me because what, what was it like? Just, just on that point, that shocked me because you know you don't even have to go back that far. Like the Warriors being in the finals five straight years, the Oracle, it, it was the Oracle, right? Like you hear. Uh, the, the energy in that building to 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 listen to him say that game one uh, of the regular season, Nick Celtics at the Garden, that was the loudest. Uh, it was amazing, man. Like I said, my head was pounding for the next forty eight hours. Now, were you a man of the common people, where you were in a seat, or were you bougie Ty Butler and you were in the the ESPN suite? So I was actually a nomadic. Uh, if you will, I, I was courtside at one point. I was in the stands. I was in the suite. Uh, so I was I was you know moving around a, a good bit and everyone was just so excited. It, this, this is gonna sound crazy, and afterwards I'm probably gonna regret it because it's, it's a ridiculous thing to say, but it felt like in that overtime period the Knicks were I believe the Knicks were down three. It yes, just felt right like right off the bat they were down three. It just felt like throughout the ten minutes of both overtimes. It was one of those games where the crowd was not going to allow the Knicks to lose. That, like, that's how powerful wow. it was. So if you were an NBA free agent fan, you would sign with the Knicks. If I were an NBA free agent fan, would I sign with the Knicks? You would. Um, probably, you would. I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, come on. That, look, look. let's put things into its proper perspective. Like, we're excited. It, we've, we've been through eight quarters. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But what well, I will listen, say is— they, they beat the Celtics in what was—I uh, mean— for a Knicks fan, it was frustrating because it never should have come to that. But a sensational game. Yep. And then where you could have had a letdown to travel down to Orlando and hammer them so much so that literally like six minutes into the game, the game was the game over. Was over. <laughs> that's in the NBA. That's big stuff. The game was over. And and then you look at the schedule and you're like, wait. We come home to play and get them again. Orlando again oh, tomorrow. How bad is Orlando? <laughs> Orlando and Oklahoma City. Those are going to be some dreadful teams this year. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So the Knicks are going to be 3-0 headed, headed into that game at home uh, on Tuesday against the Sixers. And well, that's where you start to measure yourself. Like, how and you won't have Ben Simmons be? in that game. No Ben Simmons. How good can we be? Like, we want to measure ourselves up against the Sixers. When is that game? Tuesday? The heat, that, Tuesday the 26th. What t- please tell me it's not like an 8 o'clock game. 7.30. Yeah, all right. 7.30 I can deal with. Wait, what? Oh, because you have the morning show. Well, because I, I yes, I wake up at, at Yeah, but you wake up at like 4.50. You wake up like five minutes before the show. Uh, even if I woke up five minutes before the show, which is this just a lie. It's just an untruth. It's still that's not still, a lot it's of still time. hours before you're waking up. Yeah, that's true. So stop it. Yeah, but um, it's exciting, man. I, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, the, the the this season. Your team your, your team looks pretty good. Their offense is already a lot oh, more. And, and that's the, the than it I was mean last noticeable year. difference yeah. is offensively from last year. Like I said when we started the show, right? Last year offensively it Challenged. was <laughs> Randall. And a struggle. Randall, make something happen, please. This year, it's like, I mean, you have Randall, you have Walker, RJ should be better offensively, you have Quickly again, you have Fournier, and again, I didn't love the Fournier st- signing, but to, I mean, he's a good offensive yeah, he's a really player. Good offensive player. Der- Derek Rose, like, you will not, you don't need every single night Kemba Walker and Derek Rose to produce. If mm-hmm. one of them produces, if every night you tell me that one of those guys can give you a 27 minutes and 18 points and four rebounds and five assists. That's a win. Derek that's Rose, a by win. the way, last night, how about this? He played 24 minutes. The, when While he was on the court for the 24 minutes, the Knicks outscored Orlando by 37 points. Uh, it was, I <laughs> it mean, was they were up plus, by 20 at the end of the first. They were up by 30 at the half. And then it's funny because I'm back and forth between the, the baseball and the basketball, and it got down to, I guess, 16 at one point. I look on Twitter, people are like, oh, God, here it goes. Come on. This is this is I know I know you feel like you've been burned in the past. This is not not the same. All right, let's let's get to some of the next calls. 800-919-3776. Let's start out with maybe my best friend. I, I don't want to be crazy here, but maybe Spike in St. Petersburg. Good morning, Spike. Good morning, and I do consider you my best friend, and I was just telling my wife just moments ago. Moments ago, 
Watching the Nick game last night, which was over, if they would have lost that game at the Garden, they were vulnerable to losing one of the games against Orlando. After reevaluating, I'm not so sure. Yeah, Orlando's but, uh, really, really yeah. bad. So use one of your favorite words there, pathetic. But, but I told Ty, who's a diehard NBA fan, and I'll get back to what I want to say real quick. You know, the heart and soul of the Knicks, unequivocally, is Derrick Rose. And I'll tell you why. Like Chris Paul's the heart and soul of Phoenix, even though Devin Booker's the best scorer. I could make a corollary with Julius Randle. Derrick Rose is just, just, he's just, he's almost like he was 10 years ago. But I want to tell you this and leave you and have a great weekend. The Knicks are such a pleasure to watch. It's almost the equivalent of when your theme song comes on Saturday morning and I'm assured that it's you when you say hello. The warmth of your voice, I'm serious now, and, and how you make so many of us feel out there, knowing we can, as you say, have the bagel and comfort the stomach, but hearing you, and you'll let me go on for 20 minutes. Now, oh, I'm not going to stand but, in your way now. No, this is the best you've ever been, Spike. That's right. So, but that's, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. You know I love you. You know I know you a long, long time. When that theme song, and there's no disparaging remarks to anybody else who happens to pinch hit, which is fine. You need time off to recharge the battery. But when you're on and it's you, and then you do the rundown, which I can do by heart, of who's on and when and so on, it's just, uh, it's a, it starts the weekend off brilliantly. And I'm looking at the Knicks schedule, and they start off brilliantly. Their first eight or ten are every other day. That is which nice. Which gives you enough time to, you know, enjoy. Anyway, it's fun, Dave. It's, I've been telling my wife for 20-something years with the town, the Knicks are good. There's nothing, nothing like, like it. Nothing like it. Right? Really. And, Spike, thanks for the kind words, and have a great weekend. There is nothing like it. So let's run through the, the next couple of games for the Knicks, okay? Uh, home to Orlando tomorrow. And, and these games are all heard right here on 9870 ESPN. Uh, home to Orlando tomorrow at 630. Uh, talk about a full day of sports. You're going to get the Jets and Giants. You, <laughs> yeah. what, what are you laughing about? Are we actually getting the Jets and Giants? I, they're going to play, no? <laughs> I guess that's what you can call it. I, I, was, I wasn't saying it's going to be high level, but they're, they're going to go out there Let's and get and that out of the way early. <laughs> Let's get uh, so, the, we should put them in London. We should start playing all you Jets You had that a few Giants. weeks ago. You had the, the, the Jets highlight of the day. But every, every, so, every Jet and Giant game should be played in London at 9 a.m. so we can get that so, out of the way early. So Jets and Giants, you might have a game seven in Major League Baseball, and you have, have the Knicks and the, and the Magic from the Garden. So that's tomorrow. Then Tuesday, like you mentioned, home you got to presume you're going to be 3-0 and against Philly, which will be a really good litmus test right off the bat. And then Thursday, in I think this is going to be one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. at Chicago. Yep. And then next Saturday, you go down to New Orleans. And then you flip the calendar to November, and then it's home to Toronto and at Indiana and at Milwaukee. But the point being, there is juice. There is real legitimate juice around the Knicks. I think so, you should you should also uh, like we can't lose um, focus of like how important it was or how big it was for the Knicks to be the headliner of that um, that ESPN opening night. Like, and the numbers were through the roof. So everyone that says, oh, well, you know, the, this whole take that the Knicks are, you know, overvalued or overrated or it doesn't really move the needle. It does. It, it does. And I'm telling you and I, I got to get to. uh to whoever is, is controlling the tickets at ESPN, I need four for Christmas Day. Four tickets mm. for Christmas Day. I am bringing the family to the garden on Christmas Day. I would love to go to that. Let's, let's Why don't you go? Let's, let's make it like a uh, Rothenberg Don't take Butler. my tickets, though. No, let's, let's, we can do it together. Now, you can, you can get away on Christmas Day to the garden? I don't know. That's going to be tough. I mean, for me, it's beautiful, right? <laughs> As a Jewish person, it, it's It's going to be tough, but the game is at noon, no? Uh, you know, I'm I'm going to the Google right now. It's not if it's a noon start. That's not terrible. It we is could, a noon start. We could be up at like six thirty seven a.m. Open. We wake up early in my house. It, that's that's not bad. No, that's not bad. All right. No, well, now hang on a second before I confirm that this is what we want to do. Let me just I think the Lakers look. don't play until five. Let me just day. look at the NFL that day. Oh, it's beautiful. Browns Packers four thirty. Oh my God. That's Colts beautiful. Cardinals eight fifteen. That's oh. amazing. You could drape me in a day of, of, of sports That's right awesome. now. So I leave for the Garden, I don't know, 10, get there by 11, watch the Knicks, done by 2.30, in the car by 3, home by 4, 
Browns Packers 4:30, Colts Cardinals 8:15. Lakers Nets 8 p.m. on that's ABC. That's a day. What a day that is. That that's a day. You're in. <laughs> I'm in. Let's All do right, it. We'll see. We'll see if you follow through with saying that Let's you're in. It. So there we are. Here's our jumping off point. Let's go. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. The way I calculate it, Jake Montgomery, our board op slash producer is the bigger Yankees fan over Tide. I'm not trying to incite anybody. It's just how I truly believe, what I truly believe. So, Jake, let me bring you on for a minute. This is what you needed, right? I know it's difficult to deal with now, but you needed big picture for Houston to beat Boston, right? I'm still kind of stuck because watching that entire series, you know, when something bad happened to the Red Sox, then I thought to myself, well, something good is happening to the Astros. So the entire series, I was kind of stuck in between – what team really I wanted to go for. Last week I told you I was kind of rooting for the Red Sox because we both agreed that the Astros were the better team. Yeah, I, I, and, I, and I thought about that, and I realized you were completely wrong. And why is that? And I'll tell you why. Your, your arch rival is who? The Boston Red Sox. Unequivocally, right? Unequivocally. Okay. This is a, 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 a moment in time that you hate Houston, correct? Correct. Okay. Big picture. 20 years from now, you're with your family, your your adorable kids, and your, your beautiful wife. Are you sitting around saying, God, I hate Houston? Or will you say to yourself, there was a time, guys, where I just I hated the Houston Astros? Well, Dave, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Because no, I'm I've not been, wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Because this outcome might be the worst-case scenario for the Yankees. Because the Red Sox now are using this narrative that they weren't even supposed to be here in the first place. So which this is, is just which is true. So now they have this narrative that this is just the beginning. They have this core of Devers and Bogarts and you know Kike Hernandez was great in this series. Ooh, was he good? And now Chris Sale is back healthy and they have some young pitchers that look like they might be the real deal. So now the Red Sox have this narrative that this is just the beginning of a great team coming. And now the Astros have the narrative that cheating or not they're still a pretty damn good baseball they're team. They're amazing. They, and, and can we stop with they won because they cheated already? They, I, I, clearly they cheated. This is a great team. Do you understand they're doing this with no Verlander, no McCullers, and Jordan Alvarez has literally turned himself into the American League version of, of Juan Soto? You couldn't get the guy out. He's an absolute stud. And just two stats that will— Monster. Two stats from the series that will absolutely blow your mind. I think I know one of them. All right, let me hear. He had seven hits in the final two games. Well, that's not one. These are not Jordan Alvarez stats, but we could have a whole segment of just those. I have a gorgeous Jordan Alvarez stat. Do you have any Yuli Gurriel stats? Oh, Jake's not happy with you, by the way. He is <laughs> well, not happy with you. Did you see my text? You never answered my text. Yeah, I was I, so I, happy. I, once the show's done at noon— I'm I'm done. Like I get a very brief weekend, and I want to really ensconce in, in in said weekend. Well, last weekend you got on me because I kept talking about Yuli Gurriel, and you said it's Yuri Gurriel, it but was. it's Yuli. So I finally stumped you. It wasn't part of Stump <laughs> Rothenberg, but I finally got you. But the two stats that so I'm gonna, we've confirmed it's 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 Yuli. It's Yuli. So I was right. You said maybe you're not the Yankees fan or baseball fan. Well, guess what, Dave? I knew Yuli Gurriel's name, and I also knew he was the batting champion. Take but it back, it, Dave. It, it sh- if it's not Yuri, it should. Yuli <laughs> sounds silly. He's Yuri wrong. So he, right. he got his own name wrong. You're right, Dave, though. You're right. Yeah, his name is actually Yuri. He just doesn't know it yet. But the two stats that I wanted to, to throw by you just to um, to show the uh, strength. Ty, here's and, what I want from you. I okay. want you to take and consume his stats, okay. and then I'm going to give you a stat, and you're going to tell me which is the more impressive stat. <laughs> okay, okay? Let's do it. Stat, All right. stat, talk. stat versus stat. My yeah. stat is that the Astros scored 27 runs with two outs in this series, which is the most in a single postseason series all time. It's a good stat. It's a pretty good stat right there. pretty good stat. Not bad. Did you have another one? I had one more. And the Houston Astros are the first team in MLB history to score three-plus runs and hit one home run in each of their first ten games of a single postseason. I don't like that stat. That's not a great stat. It's too layered. Yeah, that's not a great stat. How is that layered in any way? I'm telling you. They scored three-plus runs and hit a home run in every single one of their games in the postseason. The first stat you gave me was a stat. You should have gave the second stat first. Yes. 
I think the, the, fir- the first stat. Was I'm not like, a statistician. The first stat was a garden salad. Both stats yeah. were pretty solid, no. and it the shows cheating or not how good the Houston Astros no. are. And it, it pains me to say, as a diehard Yankees fan, but the Houston Astros again. We talked about it last week. Their lineup: sixth, seventh. They had Carlos Correa. Yuli Gurriel. The Yankees in a playoff game 6-7 had Brett Garner, Andrew Velasquez. (laughs) That's not going to cut it when you look at these teams, you know, throwing out there. The Boston Red Sox, even though the offense completely disappeared in those final three games, you go through each game. Game one, four runs. Game two, nine runs. Game three, 12 runs. Game four to game six, they scored three runs total. Droning now. Enough. (laughs) I, you were going to give us a stat. I didn't even realize you were going to turn into Bill I James just gave you another stat. Every the Boston Red Sox, the they scored 12 runs in Game oh 3. Oh, my game God. Game 4, Ty, 2. Game 5, up. 1. And Game Please 6, 0. Stop. Just, shut up, Jake. <laughs> What's your stat, Dave? Oh, my God. What's your stat, Dave? Welcome to the Jake Montgomery show here on 98.7. <laughs> if we can make that a thing, I'd be very happy. Well, just I don't that, think Dave. we can now. If anybody's listening, like he doesn't stop talking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who else is supposed to talk if it's, if it's the Jake well, Montgomery but just, show? But nobody wants to hear just stat talk of just a guy. <laughs> that wasn't all right. stats. Game what one, the... then game two, Wait, nine Jake. hits and four, and game three. Oh, Jake, God. how many runs did they score in game five? Which game did you want, Ty? Uh, game please. five. Game five, they scored one. <laughs> Dave, What's your stat? We got to okay. see which one. Here, here it is. So, and I'm going to be fair and honest. Do you even remember his first stat now? <laughs> it's, uh, they scored 27 runs with two outs. Okay, it's there you the go, most, Ty. The there most ever. I, I had no recollection. Here you go. You ready? <laughs> Jordan Alvarez, seven hits in the final two games of the American League Championship Series. That's wow. a terrible stat. Ha- can- if you'd shut up for more than eight seconds, <laughs> I'm building the dramatic moment here. <laughs> The entire Red Sox team, five. Nah, that's incredible. He's the first man ever to out-hit the entire opposing team over the final two games of any series in the history of Major League Baseball postseason. That's a great stat. That's a stat. Can I say one more thing? I'm sure you will, no matter what. (laughs) All right. Well, it is a great stat, but to your point, my last stat about how the Boston Red Sox offense completely disappeared, that goes to that, too. As impressive as that is by Alvarez, the Red Sox offense completely disappeared in those last three games. All right. I would I, say I, Jake's, I with, with Jake's first point. stat What, is what are you disagreeing with there, your Dave? Second, your, your stat is, is second, but no. his third stat is So terrible. I still had the best stat. No, I don't agree. I think that you were crazy, and I think because you, you have a, a fondness of him because you guys are locked in a room for hours a day, you're going to go with him, but I think that's a, a misstep, especially with him droning on and on, <laughs> which was just really to be How many runs did they score in Game 4, you said, Jake? Game <laughs> 4 was <laughs> two <laughs> runs. Two right, runs we, in Game 4. I don't, I don't even care if we have paid commercial <laughs> advertising. We will find something to play, and we will return in just a few moments. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. (laughs) But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump Dave Rothenberg. Well, you can try. Many have. Most fail. Stump Rothenberg brought to you by the law offices of the great and talented Andrew M. Cohen. All right, Ty, give me the uh, updated standings of where we sit right now. Oh, Dave, we are 296 and 66. Oof. And how about this for a stat? Jake's so we're, a, we're 230 games, games over? over 500, correct. Wow. Jake's a big uh, stat guy. Yes. Um, so, so I did some quick research. Since we've been keeping track of the Stump Rothenberg running record, um, you've never lost more than four times in a week or in, in a given segment. Really? That that is your very nice. That that's your uh, I guess career worst. Career worst is four, is four missed questions in a segment. Yes. All right. Well, that that's your goal now, people. You were twelve and four or, last week. Five or more. So four. So last week was the most we've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, but it's tied. You, you've you've done it a couple. I've of done times. it a couple times. 
And I believe we were two and four at one point last week. Uh, we were two and four. And yep, rattled off we just ten unanswered. Yes. So as we start right now, we're on a ten-game ten game winning, winning streak. streak. <laughs> All right. Yes. I like it. Now you are involved in the barrage. I you am. are involved in more than that. Where are you? Just the barrage. Just the barrage. You feel like there's good questions on the line today? I feel like these are pretty good questions. All right, let's go to John in L.A. We go way out west and bring in John. Good morning, John. You're on Stump Rothenberg. How's it going? Good morning, fellas. Love the show. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All righty. So here goes this. So the Lakers lost to the Pistons in 2004. What two former Lakers were with that championship Pistons team that won it all that year? Give me this again. Lakers. I can't hear you that great. All right. The Lakers lost to the Pistons in 2004. Okay. What two former Lakers were with that championship Pistons team at the time? Uh, all right. So, Elvin Campbell, I believe. Oh, Jesus. And... Uh, now it becomes... Dicey. Was Hubert Davis ever on the I think because I think Hubert Davis was on that team, but I don't know that he was ever on the Lakers. I don't think he was on the Lakers. Well, it's definitely Eldon Campbell. Um <coughs> Chauncey Billups was was never on the Lakers. Was Chucky Atkins on the Lakers? At the time he wasn't a former Lakers. Okay. So he played for the Lakers afterwards then, huh? Darvin Ham from Texas Tech and Georgetown beat them in the tournament. If you remember, he he dunked one against uh, North Carolina, broke the rim in the NCAA tournament. Oh, Lindsey Hunter. Was Lindsey Hunter a Laker? <sighs> Maybe. Who else was on that, that Pistons team? So uh, I'm definitely going with Eldon Campbell. That, that I'm very confident on. Tayshawn Prince was young. He was never. Ben Wallace, no. Rashid, no. Ah. I'm going to go Lindsey Hunter will be my answer. Oh, Dave, looks like I woke up early for nothing. You're right. All right. How about that? Ty, did you know that one? <laughs> uh, I, I knew Lindsey Hunter. Uh, Eldon Campbell, that escaped me. But to Eldon Campbell was the easier of the two. He he says it looks like I woke up early for nothing. That's right. That's what <laughs> we do to demoralizing. people. We ruin their hopes and their dreams. Let's go to uh, Tracy That's an 11-game winning streak for you, buddy. That's 11, my friend. Tracy and Briarwood, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave. Hi. What's up, Tracy? Hey, good. Dave, I love you. You're the best. I got a question for you, and I think you'll get it, but, you know, you get them all, almost all of them. All right. Uh, Dave, who's the only Oh, no. Oh, man. The boop happened, and and that's it. <laughs> the only player. The NML. only player, uh, NML. I would say Ramon Martinez. <laughs> what do you mean, no? <laughs> Anthony. I got and... you, Dave. You want the question? Oh, you ha do you know the answer, too? Yeah, I know the answer. Will we count this on the standings? Yeah, we will. Okay. We can't have that happen. All right, so the only uh, player. The only player in MLB history to record at least 200 hits in a season uh, in 10 straight years. Oof. You know this. I do? You do. Ichiro. Final answer? Either Ichiro or George Brett, but I feel like Ichiro. Final answer. Correct. That was well done by me. Well, the Pete Rose. I mean, it's a, it's a little tricky. You, you, Pete Rose. Yeah. But good job. Thank you. Um, let's go to Anthony and Mayapak. Anthony, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, good morning, Dave. What's up, Anthony? All right. Nah, not much. All right, who was the last player to be drafted straight from high school to the NBA before the one-and-done rule took effect? I'm thinking Amir Johnson. But I'm not sure. Ty, do you know this? I, I guessed this one incorrectly. I was very close, though. I'm okay. going to say Amir Johnson just to conserve time, but I'm not 
You got it, Dave. All right. I said Bynum. I thought it was Bynum, but Amir Johnson. Well, Bynum was before that. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to him, huh? He was going to be a star. <laughs> the knees kind gave out. quickly. What's that? Uh, what, what would that record be now, Ty? Thir- 13 straight. You're 3-0. and 3-0 and today. How you feeling? <laughs> I feel pretty good. The Knicks, man. Look what it's winning all over it's the place. It's rubbing off. <laughs> 1-800-919-3776. The great Sal in Astoria. Sal, have we confirmed his question is accurate? It is accurate, and thanks for the great comment. I really appreciate it. No, that's it. a different Sal. You're talking about Sal and Duchess. I'm thinking about Sal and Duchess, but Sal and Astoria, I like you oh. just the same. I like you just <laughs> the same, <laughs> Sal. <laughs> okay. Who scored the only Giants touchdown in their last playoff game? In their last playoff game? Oh, against the, the Packers. The, uh, the boat trip game. Yeah, yeah thanks. Um, Odell's warming up and uh, shirtless. I can tell you it wasn't Odell Beckham. I don't think you um, wanted the boat trip, though. Don't, don't, don't feed me the answer. That was a terrible game. I think it was, what, 38-13? Hail Mary at, at the, the end of the first half. Um, yeah. Eli played well in that game, though. Who scored the Giants? The number two scoring defense gave up I think it was points. Tavares King scored the touchdown for the Giants. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know you haven't won a playoff game in, in a decade? You know neither of you? <laughs> but we're the Jets, man. You're yeah. Pro- we're, that, that's expected. Uh, well, 14 why is straight. It expected? 14 straight. It's expected. 4 0 today. Yeah. Um, so far, so good, man. So far, so good. I, I, I Kenny. Love your mood today. The mood is awesome. Yeah. Kenny and Huntington. Good morning, Ken. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, Dave. Dave, about an hour ago, you mentioned John Dillinger. Okay. Um,. Now, before his life of crime, John Dillinger was quite a baseball player. In the early 20s, he played semi-pro ball for a team near his hometown in Indiana. And his nickname was Jackrabbit. Do you know what position he played? I did know that he was a good player. And I know that he grew up a, a huge, huge Cubs fan. What position did he This I'm not certain of. But, I, I mean, I have better than a 10% chance of getting this one, right? Um, I'll say shortstop. Final answer? I know he was little. Yeah, final answer. Shortstop is correct. <laughs> I don't know it. I know it. I'm in one of those zones. I'm in one of those zones. This is like uh, Jordan 63. At the, if I at ran, the if I ran by Ahmad Rashad right now, I just give them like the sh- the shrugging of the shoulders. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> Everything just, you throw it's just up happening. Is going in. Wow. What are we five and zero today? Five and zero. Oh my goodness. Do we take Chris and Beth Page? 15 straight. Of course we take Chris. All right, Beth Chris Page. and Beth Page. This is, is one a of the, tough one. One of the Chris is, is great. Oh, he, he's he's really good. Really good, but he can be nasty when it comes to some <laughs> of his questions. All right, Chris, what do you got? All right, Dave. You know, very quickly, October 19, 1986, the Giants lost their last game to Seattle that year. Think 17, about that. 17-12. Exactly. But just yeah. think of how far they've come since that Yeah, time. really. I mean, really. They won the, yeah, whatever. But anyhow, I was just thinking about that. But anyhow, uh, Oscars trivia, Dave. I need you to name the movie, the only movie where two best actresses were nominated for best actress, mm-hmm. and one of them won the award. It's happened many times where two actresses were nominated from the same movie for best actress, but neither one of them won. This is the only movie where one of them actually <clears throat> won the best actress. Could be all about Eve. All I can think of right now. All I can think of is all about Eve. What else could it be?
Terms of Endearment? I think Shirley MacLaine and Deborah Winger. Jack Nicholson, of course, as well. And I think Thelma and Louise. So those are my three. All About Eve, An Ann Baxter, Betty Davis. Terms of Endearment, Shirley MacLaine and Deborah Winger. Thelma and Louise, Gina Davis, and Susan Sarandon. But I don't think Gina Davis or Susan Sarandon won for the award. I think Shirley MacLaine win? Was Deborah Winger's mother in that movie? Or was it Ann Baxter? I'm going to. Now, what, what are you actually looking for? The name of the movie? Yeah, just give me the name of the movie. I'll say 1983 Terms of Endearment. Great job, Dave. I think you were toying with me, like a cat toy. No, I, was, I, I, I really have to think it through. I mean, Ty, Ty, do you see what's happening right in front of your eyes? I don't know what was more impressive, that or the uh, Seattle. 17-12 was the final score of that game in 86. Well, that game pained me. Giants, <laughs> lost, Giants lost two games that year, 31-28 and 17-12. They wild. were this far from going undefeated. <laughs> You're on a roll. Oh my goodness. What that's what 6 and 0? 6 and 0. And we continue on Stump Rothenberg 987 ESPN. Ty, refresh everyone's memory of where we stand right now through kind of the first portion of the segment. Oh, we are rolling, baby. We are today 6 and 0, but if you go back to last week, that's 16 straight wins for one David Rothenberg. Does today have a feeling of greatness for you? Like, you, you know does. when a, a pitcher takes the mound and he's, he's got that no-hit, perfect game stuff? Yeah. Do I have that today? Yeah, you, you've got it. Really? It's like, you know, Steph Curry the other night started the game like 5 for 5, 25 I he was 10 points. for 10. Um, was he 10 for 10? I thought so. I don't, I don't know if he was 10 for 10, but the first quarter he was like 5 for 5. Like you knew it was going to be one of those games. That's... That's what that, you feel that's, like that's now? That's the feeling right now. I hope we're not jinxing ourselves. Let, let's see. The great Jake Montgomery has a question. Jake? Good morning, Dave. Yes, morning. and unfortunately for you, Steph Curry is now coming up to shoot the three, and I'm about to stump you. But since you did so well in the wow. first half, I have a treat for you. A treat? I like treats. Yes. So since this is my favorite time of the year in sports, you got baseball, football, and basketball and hockey returning. I have a question for all four major sports, so I'm going to let you choose which one you want to do. So you'll, you'll let me choose my own demise here? Pretty much. So if you get it wrong, it's really on you. Well, what sport do you think is the best question? Well, I'm not a hockey guy. All right. So the hockey question might not be hard for you, but I would never have gotten it all in right. a million I'm gonna, years. I'm going to go. I mean, I love football. I'm going to go football. All right. So you're going football. Yeah. My question for you is... Is this attainable or this is really difficult? I think it's pretty obtainable. Uh, not obtainable, attainable. Attainable for yeah. you. All right, here's your question. Okay. Who holds the record for the best rookie passer rating in NFL history? As Ty says in the background, I think I know this, so the pressure is really on. Now, that, that's got to be something that's somewhat of a, a newer stat. And I think you're probably doing it to, to, to rub my nose in a guy that I just detest. And with your answer there, I think you might be on the right track. The only other person I can think of is Roethlisberger, but I don't think it's him. And I think I think Santiago probably fed you this question. <laughs> He's coming here soon because you can catch the Rangers right yeah. after you. And I know, and you're, you're you're pandering to him. Santiago watched your uh, your Giants. Can we can we say seven and zero oh and Dak Prescott? That is correct, Dave. I'm I'm a Giants fan too, so I'm not just trying to get at you. I just had a bunch of questions. You just happened to choose the football one, <laughs> and I happened to get it right, and I happened to still be undefeated. Dion in Queens. Dion, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, Dave. Uh, good record going so far. My so far. question is NBA. Okay. So far, maybe I could stump you. On uh, which NBA team? Who's the M NBA's highest scoring record in a single game? What What's the question? Which NBA team ha holds the record for scoring the most points ever in a single game? 
So just one team, not not combined. One, one team, team holds a record. The, I think it's the Pistons beat the Nuggets 186 to 184 in 1983. You got it, Dave. <laughs> Dave, you need help, my friend. Why? Like, yeah, something like, is wrong with you. Like, something actually, is right with you, but something is seriously this is wrong. It's actually with you. making me think of you in a more negative light. Why? Like, it's going the other way. Like why? The, the, the fact that you possess this. Like array of knowledge. Like, why would you? Why, why would you look down on me having a, a lot of knowledge? Like, I feel like I'm at least tied for the biggest hoops fan on the planet with someone or with many people. Like, I actually think you're you're a bigger hoops fan than me. To to know that score, I mean, that's incredible. And the date, and what color <laughs> underwear all the players were wearing. But I, I'm just picturing I, the guy from LA I just throwing the, darts the at game. a photo of your big face. Deal. I think Kiki Vandeweghe scored over 50. Alex English had in, in the 40s. Isaiah Thomas played yeah, in that game. No, I remember that. Uh, I knowing remember, the answer is fine. I didn't watch it, but I remember reading a lot about that game. Knowing the answer is fine, but like the final score. Did you watch if you watched the game, would you have watched the nude? No, I was ten. I, I wasn't doing nude watching at that point. <laughs> Eight and zero, man. Eight, Eight and zero. Yeah. How about that, huh? I, I, you know, I'm 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 bothered that you look down on me for having yeah, knowledge. It's, it's a little odd. You you I don't know. You you got too much time on your hands. I I used to study stuff. Let, <laughs> let's go. Let's go to Rich in Hempstead. Now we're going hockey, and this could be my my demise. Rich, is this a good question you have here? Hey Dave, yeah, I think it's a good question. <laughs> is it is it um, brutal or is it? Is, can I can I actually get this one? No, I I, I think you can get it. Okay. I, mean, I think of all people, I think you can get it. Yes. Okay. So, which two brothers hold the record for combined the most combined points ever in the NHL? What? So in career. Career. Two brothers combined for their for their careers. Yes. Uh oh. Is it the Sutters? I'm gonna say do you do you need which Sutters or can I just say the Sutter brothers? if that's just just two brothers. So, so you I, say the I would go I would go here's what I would do. Okay. I I would either go the Sutters, the Gretzkys. Or the Sedins. Mm. Now, I will tell you this. I like your question. I think it's a good question. Now, the Sutters are a lot of brothers. Right. Now, right? But I can only choose two of the whole lot of them, right? Well, it's the, the question is just two brothers. So Two brothers. So I couldn't have all the Sutter brothers, right? <laughs> Come on, right. Dave. You understand right. the question. Just answer I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, because I think there's trickery here. <laughs> I'm going to go. Gretzky's. I, I think Brent had like you three at, points and Wayne had like 2,800 points. You're absolutely correct. His brother Brent <laughs> four points in 13 games. That's all he had played. There you go. There you go. Uh, Ty, what's the record now? 9-0. and oh. hmm. That's pretty good, yes? <laughs> it's not as good as two weeks ago when you went 15-0, and oh, but it's well, solid. Well, should we take one more then and then go to your, your go little... Uh, Barrage? Oh, uh, yeah. So we can try to tie the, the 15. Should we go? Minutes. I'm going to let you choose it. Uh, do we go another NHL or do we go D? Who's the better question? I actually like both questions. All right. So then let's, let's go. Take a, let's, you want to take them both? Let's try to quickly well, Let's see. Let, let's go to Justin in Morristown. He's got another hockey question. Justin, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, what's up? What's up, buddy? All right, Dave. The Devils have won three Stanley Cups in the team's history. But only two of the MVPs have been Devils. One of them was Scott Stevens. Name the other two. So you're looking for the Conn Smythe winners is what you're looking for. Correct. Uh, so Jaguar, I think, won it the other time. Um, okay. So what did you say? Stevens won it one time? And, and am I right that, that uh, J.S. Jaguar won it the other time? Correct. So, Jaguar won in 2003. Scott Stevens won 2000. Name the other Conn Smythe winner. Is it Claude Lemieux? In 95, I think, right? 
That final answer? Yeah, because Leach won at 94, and then I think Lemieux won at 95. I believe so. You're a Rembrandt, Dave. Well done. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. Now what? <laughs> I think we could take one more. One more, and then you'll go rapid? Yeah, then we'll go rapid. All right. You think I'll get this one? This is a tough one. Oh, great. That's why you want to take it. Let's go to D and Hamlet. D, you're on Stump Rothenberg. <laughs> Yo, what's up? I feel like I feel like a de- defensive coordinator going against Tom Brady. <laughs> Drop into the zone. Very soft cover. Yo, I'm nervous, but it's 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 it'll be it's a good one. All, All right. right. Um, it's a few answers, but you should be fine. There's only six players in Mets history to strike out five times in one game. You can name three out of the out of the six, but I'll let you know that one player did it twice. So it's five players, but it happened six times. So name three out of the five if you want. So so six Mets players have struck out. It happened six. It happened six times. Only five. It only five players did it. So five. One player did it twice. It only happened six times. Mm. Javi Baez. Yes, that happened this year. Yeah, great. Um. <laughs> Mm. Most strikeouts in a game for a Mets batter. So Bias struck out five times. I don't know. One um, years like the, the era. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know that I know it. Um, I mean, this is going to be purely. I'll give you work. like the, the time that. No, play. I don't. I don't. I don't want anything. I, I don't. I don't. I don't want. Okay. Any hints. Right. That's, that's You're too hot. Fair. I don't. I shouldn't. Leave. No, it's 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 a shame that I'm going to get the last one wrong. Um. I don't know. I'll say Ed. No, guys, that who who struck out a lot, five times. Let's say top of the order, guys. Let's say uh, Lenny Dykstra. No. No. Okay. <laughs> the game is over. What's the answer? Sorry, I don't like right. that. The answers are Javi Baez. You got Ron Ryan Thompson and, and uh, Dave Kingman, Frankie. I should have got Kingman and Ron. And Ron Swaboo did it twice. Swoboda. Ron Swaboda. Not Ron Swaboo. All right. Swoboda. Well, there you go. Um, so that's 10, uh, 10 and 1 or 11-1, Todd? Uh, that was 10 and 1. Uh, but you, you, you hear him apologizing to you. He's like, I'm sorry, Dave. People yeah. love you. I mean, I, the multiple part question I don't love. But, but All right. Let's go, ra- let's go rapid fire. Let's go. So we quick. heard about him earlier. Uh, Lindsey Hunter. Uh, Jackson State. Correct. Uh, ben Wallace. Who? Ben Wallace. Oh, Ben Wallace went to, like, it's Virginia tough. Virginia Union, Virginia. It was, it was not a Division One school. I think he went to Virginia Union. Correct. Yeah. Uh, let's go with T.J. Warren. NC State, isn't he? He's a good scorer in college. I think he's from NC State. Yeah, I'll, I'll stand by that, NC State. All right, that's correct. Right on. Um, Larry Hughes. Uh, St. Louis. One year. <laughs> and alas, this is pretty easy. Uh, ben Gordon, the UConn, correct. So fifteen one. Fifteen and one. Not bad. Not bad. Not you bad. You sound so disappointed. Well, because I saw sixteen and zero, which we've never done. I think it's where the one happened. It's, yes, it's not that. If we were three and zero, yeah. and then three and one, and then six, fifteen and one, or or whatever we finished, we'd be happy. Yeah. But we were ten and zero, and you pushed me to take another. Well, and then it, he's it, a nice guy. He's it, apologizing a great guy. about it. It wasn't an awful question. It wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, I don't love the multiple parters, but it wasn't a terrible question. But, well, I mean, when you go ten and one, like it, the the degree of difficulty has to. We should still be pleased with what we did, we and we are. 
It's time for a frenzy. <laughs> a football frenzy. You could say that 10,000 times and it still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say it one more time. A football frenzy. Any team, any player, any question. All right, Rothenberg and Bell with you. A, a duo frenzy here on 98.7 ESPN. RJ, you really, you really uh, learned quickly with the frenzy. It's really, it's in and out. They ask their question, they move on. We answer quickly. We just, we go rapid, rapid fire. You ready to play today? Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. Now, Jake, you know if they come on and like, oh, RJ, I'm a huge fan. So you on ballers? No, you give the dong. That's right. Very strongly, and you move on. Let's go, Pablo Staten Island. Pablo, you're on the frenzy. Uh, should the NFL make the Jets sell the team to new ownership? No. Why? They're not doing anything wrong. They're just not good. You don't you don't force new owners because the team's not good. It's ridiculous. Well, I tell you, a lot of rumors here in Vegas that the NFL part of the whole Gruden controversy was driven by trying to get Davis out. So it's, it's kind of interesting. They're not supposed to do that, but it seems like the league does, have, you know, have favorites. But maybe so. But they're not. There's no way that the Johnson family is going to be forced into selling the Jets. No, no. no I no wonder way. how much of this uh, was there as much disdain day for this uh, ownership group pre being involved in the Trump administration. I don't think that the. I think it's all about winning and losing. I don't. I don't necessarily okay. think that politics comes much into play. Even a little bit. Let's go to uh, Tom and Suffering. Tom, you're on the frenzy. Is there any historical betting value to be found in identifying the two or three worst teams and picking against them every week, regardless of the spread? It's probably the opposite. Is Now, if you could predict before the season who the worst teams are, their record's going to be bad. But given each week, if you looked at the ESPN Power Rankings, and said, I want to play either on the top three teams or, or on the bottom three, I would most certainly play on the bottom three because human mind tends to think good teams are better than they are and worse team or bad teams are worse than they are. Nice analysis there. Very well done. Dave and Queens, you're on Thanks. the frenzy, Dave. Will the Deshaun Watson for two or trade go down? And if so, what are your thoughts on it? I don't know that it's necessarily, RJ, going to be Deshaun Watson for Tua. I, I've heard a lot of Deshaun goes to Miami and Tua goes to a third team. But I don't Denver, know. I, I, heard. I, I can't imagine that deal gets done before the trade deadline. How can you make a trade for a guy with all that pending? What I find interesting is with the new ownership groups and Carolina being a good example, you don't have, you know, think about it. I'm a Steelers fan. The Rooney's. I mean, as much as the old man with the cigar and stuff in the 70s, there was all this sense about, you know, oh, look, that's the owner. It's like these weren't, like, multi-billionaire types. Now that's who you have owning these teams, and they don't – they're not patient. And it seems like Miami is having the worst year relative to expectation of any team, them in Washington. And I don't see them, you know, being patient. I don't think so either. And I think in a perfect world, they would make the trade now. I just I don't know how you make the trade with all that hanging over uh, Deshaun well, Watson. It, but is, isn't it like, I mean, think about it. I know we got to run, but think about this. Anytime there's a merger in stock, let's say the merger price is 50 and the current price is 45, you're effectively betting will the merger happen or not. Aren't you, if you trade for Watson, betting that the legal issues won't be so onerous? That he won't, that he'll be able I to play it. I guess Or do you get a break and you have to give up less because of the legal issues dangling over him? Well, and that's the theory. They're trying to put contingencies on it, but but they're not. Houston's not doing it. Right. So now the question is, how does that affect the market? Well, Houston. Let's be fair. Houston has no reason to have to rush to do this. He's not going to play all year for them anyway. So if they do it now, but they're great. paying him now. Oh, they're paying him at this point. Yeah, they're paying him. I guess, but he doesn't make a fortune of fortune of money. Chris and Rumson. Chris, you're on the frenzy. What's up, Dave? No, no, no. Terrible job. Lou in North Carolina. Louie, you're on the frenzy. Joe Judge or Eric Bieniemy? Who do we want to see coaching the Giants next year? Uh, I think Bieniemy. Uh, that would be my guess. But, oh. but you, you tell me, RJ. You're kind of an independent third party here without skin in the game with the Giants. I most certainly think you keep Judge. Really? The thing you got to – here's the thing. I don't want to act like, oh, I'm the Steelers fan. So, I, you know, the Steelers haven't won a Super Bowl for 12, 13 years. But – they have had three coaches since 69. There's something about continuity that really pays off. 
And to me, if you know they're bad, you get rid of them quick. But if you if you're not, I mean, what have we seen from Judge? I mean, if anything, Daniel Jones is um, before the last game was in the best place of his career. Now, does one game when he's off a concussion change that? I don't think so. The All case right, but, could be but how made. About the Giants are moving in the right direction. Let me throw this into the mix. How about if they go three and fourteen? How do you bring him back? Well, the question is, how well are they playing? I, I think the scores in which when there's few, like, do you really look at that Washington game and say, oh, that's a whole binary zero? It's not. They didn't play well at all. No, I think no. But gotta, here's the thing: on the flip side, you should have won the Washington game. You should have won the Atlanta game. The games you should win, you're not even winning with this guy. But but, but those games. That's all luck. Do you really think that, that, that somehow, like, maybe Belichick, maybe, but generally, if you look at teams and coaches in one-score games, it all evens out in the end. Let's go to Anthony. It doesn't seem like it has for the Giants. Anthony and Hawthorne. Anthony, you're on the frenzy. Can the Ravens keep it rolling and take it deep into the playoffs and possibly reach a Super Bowl despite the injuries that they have? Okay, so to me... Injuries during the year, if you're able to overcome them, helps the team because that means you got a deeper team, you know, if those other guys come back. Number two, and I'll, I'll say this very plainly and quickly, if Lamar Jackson keeps throwing as well as he's thrown and if the, or if the Baltimore team is able to run like they did last year and play D like they did last year, and they did in this last game, both of those, this is the best team in the NFL. I don't believe that's going to happen, but those three components, Lamar passing like he has this year, running like last year, D like last year, is the best team in the NFL, Baltimore.